Shadows to Life, Chapter 3, Howard Chen, September 20th, Early Afternoon. Damien hurried as he walked the five blocks to the bank, trying not to fix it on the dirty spot on his pants, but it was all but impossible. The dust on his leg was like a floater in his eye, always there, impossible not to glance at. To say Howard was strict about appearances was like saying that the FBI was strict about terrorism. The thought of possible repercussions quickened Damien's pace. He glanced over his shoulder for a taxi. Of course there's none, he thought. I see a constant stream of yellow every time I walk this way, but the day I need one, nothing. He could, of course, phone for a taxi, but it would probably take more time to reach him than to just walk. Another glance behind himself but still no taxi. Finally, with a grunt of annoyance, Damien began a light jog. He didn't want to be all sweaty for his meeting with Howard, and technically he was still on time, but only just, and he needed a few extra minutes to clean his pants. Again, he cursed his lack of preparation. It was so unlike him not to plan for every contingency. If he'd only gotten to the crisis center earlier, he would have had the spare minutes it took to wash and at least partially dry the dust spot. Or if he just bought an extra suit, then he'd be laughing his way to the bank. Literally. Damien swore that the first thing he'd do after his meeting with Howard would be to get another suit. Assuming he was still able. He arrived at the headquarters for the HC Bank of Canada, the first bank that Howard Chen had founded and the one that had made him his millions. Damien didn't think anyone in the Vancouver area was unaware of Howard's great rise to fortune, but almost no one knew the real reasons and ways he'd gone about it. Most probably assumed that it was by savvy business deals and good bank policies that he'd attracted enough customers to make his money. But Damien knew otherwise. He knew that Howard very rarely did anything on the up-and-up, and it had been Damien himself who had silenced more than a few of the obstacles along the way. As Damien looked up at the towering building, he hoped that Howard would keep in mind how loyal he'd been all these years, if and when he saw the dust mark. The front of the bank was a shiny and beautiful contrast to the corruptive wards that were placed on its threshold. The wards, of course, did nothing to regular people. Customers and the like couldn't even feel them. It was a place of business, after all. Damien crossed the main reception area with a little shudder as he felt the defensive magic sweep over him. He could see the few bank tellers who worked for the main office standing off to the side, waiting on customers so they could deposit their money for Howard's gain. Whereas most banks would invest and gain interest with said money, Howard used it to fund his underground syndicate of drugs and prostitution. Then, when the city got riled up enough, he'd open another clinic, partially funded by the city, of course, that treated the very people he'd gotten addicted in the first place. It was genius. Hey, Damien. How's it going? Frank said, as he picked up his desk phone and dialed. Damien nodded at him without saying a word. Frank was a siphon as well, the only one employed at the bank. He was the muscle in case someone actually did get through the defensive wards, something that, to Damien's knowledge, had never happened before. But, as Damien reminded himself, Howard Chen had only been around this long because of his cautious nature, a trait that he and Damien shared. Frank worked every day all day when Howard was in the building, and only slept when he left. But, because Frank's powers were gluttony-based, he was fine so long as he had a constant supply of food, which of course the bank provided, 
What separated Frank, however, from most gluttony specialists was that he was hardly overweight. Most of his kind could hardly even lift themselves off their beds, but the only sign that Frank used gluttony was his pot belly, and even that was only so he could produce corruption, a sticky tar-like substance formed from bile and his shadow's energy. Corruption was used both in the make and keep of relics, as well as a defense mechanism that could be spewed at attackers. It was nasty stuff, even for siphons, and one of the few siphonic powers that Damien had no knowledge of. Frank nodded as he held the receiver up to his ear. Yeah, okay, thanks. He hung up the phone. They're expecting you. Go right up. Thanks, Frank, Damien said with a nod. You get out to the store lately? No, man, you kidding? Mr. Chen's been working non-stop since his trip to England in the summer. I haven't gone home since last Tuesday. Oh, dude, Damien said with a chuckle. Frank was the only other guy that Damien knew that shared his passion for comic books. Well, except for Scratch, who almost certainly was just pretending to get on his good side. Damien was a DC guy, and Frank was more into Marvel, but there were books that crossed both their interests. Hurry up. Don't want to be late. Damien acknowledged Leech with a small, almost imperceptible nod. Latest issue of Ninja Turtles was insane, he said. Don't you dare tell me what happened, Frank said, pointing his finger dangerously at Damien. Frank hated spoilers more than anything. Or what? Or what? Damien echoed Leech's sentiment. They both knew that Frank wouldn't break Howard's rules any more than the rest of them. Frank growled. What do you want? Damien grinned. He only threatened to spoil a storyline when he really needed a favor. I just want to use your bathroom for a sec. I need to clean a spot off my pants. Frank rolled his eyes. You could have just asked, you know. If Mr. Chen knew I stopped you from being all clean and proper, he'd be almost as angry at me as he would at you. Where's the fun in that? Damien looked down at his watch and almost felt bad. He still had five minutes. You're right, but I couldn't take the chance. Besides, I didn't spoil anything. Damien winked. Frank's only response was a flat stare. He waved him through. Frank wasn't a bad guy. No one who read comics could be all that bad in Damien's opinion. But he did bear watching. The first rule Damien had taught himself shortly upon entering the organization was to trust no one. He learned it the hard way. The restroom was just around the corner from Frank's desk. A beautiful private bathroom with granite countertops and real flowers inside. Who they were for, Damien had no idea. He knew Frank didn't care about that stuff any more than he did, but maybe it was just in case a customer walked in by mistake. Something that would impress the riffraff. Small, but luxurious. Damien entered and took his pants off inside. The dust spot instantly disappeared into the darkness of the water as it was splashed onto the offending dirt. It was times like these Damien wished he had some kind of cleaning ability. But such an otherwise useless skill seemed more like a power a vassal would have. No. A siphon's powers in this situation would be more deceptive. They just make the spot appear to be gone, while the dirt in the fabric remained. The thought gave Damien an idea, and he splashed even more water onto his pants, covering most of the dirty leg with water. Careful not to wrinkle them, he squeezed the water to make them a little drier, then slipped the pants back on before exiting the bathroom. Private 3, Frank called out as he passed, 
and Amy gave him a nod of thanks. Only three of the elevators went to the top, and those were on permanent lockdown unless Frank entered a release code. The remaining ten were used by customers and employees when they visited other parts of the bank, but the private elevators were for Howard and his guests alone. It was just another defense against a potential vassal attack. Again, not that the vassals had ever, to Damien's knowledge, attacked the bank, but they probably would if not for all the defenses. The hypocrites. Damien stepped into the elevator and waited as the numbers rose. It was hard not to glance down at his pants to see how well he had hidden the dust spot, but he knew that Howard would be watching him from the camera in the elevator, and it was important that he didn't look if he wanted to sell the deception. The elevator doors opened to a waiting room gigantic for its purpose. A slight but beautiful woman sat behind a large desk. Damien recognized her instantly. Yoko was the same receptionist that had been there the first day Damien was recruited by Mr. Chen. She had been the subject of a very disturbing demonstration of Howard's powers, of both lust and greed. He would never forget the lesson learned that day, nor the horrific sights and sounds of Yoko's cries of pain and ecstasy. Yoko looked up from her computer as he approached her large marble desk. Hi, Damien. He's expecting you. Go right in. The look in Yoko's eyes was very similar to the ones Damien received from heroin addicts on the east end of town. But the police could test Yoko six ways from Sunday, and they'd never find any substances in her blood. Damien didn't bother to acknowledge Yoko as he passed and stepped into Mr. Chen's office. It would be like being polite to a robot or a cat. It would serve no purpose. Once again, he entered a wonderland. Damien by no means visited Howard very often only when strictly necessary. But each time he came for a meeting, the penthouse office transformed into something wildly different than the time before. This time, his office was filled with an Asian motif, much like the Zen garden out near the university, only indoors. Damien had to stop himself from staring at the amazing decorum and beautiful garden that surrounded him. There was even running water like a little creek that ran through the middle of the room, complete with a little stone bridge that Damien had to step over, just to get to Mr. Chen's desk. Howard finally looked up as Damien passed the rock garden. So you're finally here. Careful, Damien. Damien looked down at his watch. He was ten seconds late. And though he had any number of excuses and lies he could tell, there was no point. Excuses only made Mr. Chen more angry. Yes, sir. I'm sorry, sir. Howard frowned and looked down at Damien's wet pants. No doubt the tardiness was caused by whatever happened to your pants. Yes, sir. A car splashed me while driving through a puddle. Well done. Howard smirked. And did you repay this lack of civility? I couldn't. I didn't want to be later than I already was. Damien hoped his story held. An act of God wasn't something he could be blamed for. Dropping his pants after being touched by a fellow siphon, however, would only show weakness. And, besides, Howard never really cared if you lied to him as long as the lie was good enough to be completely believable. Another strange quirk of working for the organization. Fine. Come over and sit. Howard waved his hand, beckoning. Damien felt a slight compulsion to go and sit down right away. 
Howard's lust compulsions were a test to Damien, as a siphon was expected to resist. But, sir, my pants might get your seat wet. Just sit, Howard said, through gritted teeth. He demanded siphons resist his compulsions, but it didn't mean that he liked them making a show of it. Damien sat down without further word and waited for Mr. Chen to start. Instead, Howard got up from his giant desk, the top of which was composed of a single enormous slab of jade straight from China, and started pacing behind Damien. It was hard not to turn and face him. Howard Chen might look like a short, unassuming guy, with perfect teeth, an easy smile, and the charming, easy-going manner of a gifted salesman. But he was one of the rare few that went beyond the seven powers taught by shadows. He'd somehow gained the knowledge of dark arts even more amazing than anything Damon had read in comic books. Howard was a tier two siphon, the reaver of Vancouver, a Bengal tiger to his American short hair. Damien, I like you, Howard said from somewhere behind him. You're ambitious, powerful, and smart. Damien was taken aback. Compliments from Howard were rare in the extreme. But he knew from experience that it was always best to keep his answers simple and short. Thank you, sir. The only thing you lack is to prove yourself ready, Howard continued. Prove myself, sir? I thought I already passed my test. Yes, you already passed your initiation test. I mean prove yourself ready for the next step. Howard appeared in front of Damien, holding a curved blade about the length of his arm. The entire thing was a rocky black color, including the handle, which seemed to hum with a powerful, dark energy. What have we here? Leech sounded excited. What is that? Damien said, asking Leech as much as Mr. Chen. That is Leech. This is your ticket to moving up, Mr. Chen said. This sword will bond with your shadow and make you both more powerful. Once bonded, it can't be bonded to another person until either you or your shadow are dead. Damien's eyes went wide as he took in the beautiful black blade. It wasn't quite the length of a normal katana, but it was similar in shape. It had clearly been infused with corruption hardened and tempered with it, and it looked impossibly old. Try and understand the huge honor you are being given. Howard pulled back and thrust the sword through one of the large rocks in the Zen garden next to his desk. The blade stabbed through it like it was hardly even there. Thank you, sir. I hardly know what to say except to ask what I need to do to earn such a weapon. Damien bowed in his seat as he spoke, keeping his eyes on Mr. Chen, just the way he'd taught him. The blade is yours, but it does come at a cost. To prove yourself, you must kill Daniel. D Daniel? He stuttered. Yes. Howard sat back down at his desk and peered over steepled hands at Damien. I know your exposure to vassals has been very limited, but I trust that you know who Daniel is. He's their prelate, right? The vassals, I mean. Howard nodded while his dark brown eyes seemed to pierce Damien's core and rummage through it. 
Are you afraid to challenge an opponent of such power and position? Damien froze. Not a good thing to do in front of a man like Howard, but he just couldn't help it. Howard had said exactly what Damien had been thinking. Well, Howard said, annoyed. Answer him. Well, I... er... No, you wouldn't have chosen me unless you had some confidence that I could succeed. Damien finally sputtered. Ha! Yes, Howard laughed. He seemed to enjoy something about Damien's answer. You've had much experience in the proving grounds that is my crisis center. But dealing with other siphons is very different than with vassals. With the other siphons, you had to use your wits and raw power to climb your way up. And when I sent you on other assignments, you had to plan carefully so that no one would know of your existence, using your power sparingly so that my influences are never known. But vassals are very different. Every siphon power has a vassal opposite that complements and cancels it out, and vice versa. However, even though Daniel has mastered every virtue and become a tier two vassal and prelate, his original specialty was temperance, which means, among other things, he can see through illusions and the like. But your powers are based on envy, which means that though he can sense you when you hide, it will take him a vital second to adjust to your movements. Theoretically, you move fast enough with your blink powers that you might keep ahead of his ability and, in his confusion, run this blade through his heart. Howard forcefully tore his leash out of the rock and set it softly on Damien's lap. Damien stood up and paused, looking down at the blade with wonder and fear. To accept it meant accepting the mission. In general, Damien tried to avoid doing dangerous things like taking on old and powerful vassals. But to turn down the mission would be even more dangerous than the mission itself. He would essentially be committing suicide and probably never leave the office. Show him your fealty. For now. Damien knelt and raised the blade above his head. The relic sword felt unlike anything he had ever held before. It was heavy, and yet it didn't tire him. It was cold, and yet filled with a living spark like an electric eel. Speak your acceptance. I accept this blade. I take possession of Zlish. The pulsating energy beckoned his gaze, and Damien lowered the blade to eye level. But before he could look at it properly, he felt Leech's presence slither down his right arm and into the obsidian-colored sword. Whatever Leech began doing to the blade felt slimy and cold, but it also felt better than any drug Damien had ever tried. He let out a small gasp of delight. A rush of blood pulsed into his brain, accompanied by little firecrackers of electric joy. Howard nodded with approval. I remember the first time I bonded with a weapon like that. Better than sex, is it not? Damien could only nod enthusiastically. Words seemed beyond him, but he had to respond. That hardly does it justice, sir, he choked. Howard grinned. Another thrumming, shivering, sensual wave crept up his arm and into his brain before cascading down the rest of his body. The energy seemed to tighten its grip on his bones and lock around his core. Damien knew without even trying that he'd be able to blink farther 
and use his other powers much more effectively. Howard walked over to his desk and picked up a piece of fruit that Damien didn't recognize and had never seen before, and took a large bite. Accomplish this mission, Damien, and you'll be promoted to a position similar to mine. The organization is thinking about opening up another branch to make up for the one we lost in Spokane, Washington. We were thinking you could be in charge. Reaver of Spokane. Me? In charge? Damien couldn't believe his ears. It was a dream job. He'd finally be out of danger, able to sit back and call the shots while sending others out to do his dirty work. Just like Howard, his idol. Thank you, sir. Damien couldn't keep the enthusiasm from his voice, even if he wanted to. I won't let you down. Of course you won't, Damien, Howard said with a small smile. You've got thirteen days. Damien exited Howard's office on wobbly, shaking legs, feeling better than he had in a long time. He didn't bother to acknowledge Yoko as he passed her desk. He could feel Zleesh's power humming through him, and a confident smile spread across his lips. He hadn't even noticed the part where Howard had mentioned that the Spokane branch had been shut down. Thank you so much for listening. As always, please, if you haven't already, follow me on Twitter at Rob V. Johnson. It really helps, and that way you can see the moment I post the latest chapter. Feel free to ask me questions there, and please spread the word. Until next time.